and welcome to another episode of My Drunk Movie Theater. I'm Kyle Sutton. I'm Trisha Campbell. And we're on the road this week. We're out here in Denver, Colorado, uh, just hanging out. Came to see Hootie and the Blowfish, Bare Naked Ladies, have a good time. I'm joined here with my wife, Crystal. Crystal, say hi. Hi. And we've got a new guest this week, <laughs> Ansel Armstrong. How are you? Doing good. Hello. Good. I'm glad you could finally join us. I just... Right? Yeah. Sorry that I had to make it happen on a float, or on a road trip. So, but that's all right. So, this week uh, we're gonna kind of change things up a little bit. We're still gonna talk about uh, things going on in movie news and all that. Uh, we're gonna pretty well skip the box office this week just because we had the holiday opener, holiday weekend last week, uh, plus the All Star Game. Spider Man won the weekend. That's all you really need to know. Uh, Avengers still hasn't cracked of Avatar yet, so, so close, about fifteen million away. We're almost there. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's just going to take a minute. So, um, I do have something I wanted to discuss this week, because uh, it happened last weekend, and I don't know if we had any other stories from the 4th of July weekend that you wanted to share, Trisha, but this one kind of got my goat, and I'm more pissed off at myself for not getting over there and dealing with this customer beforehand. So, we have a special needs employee that works for us that's very diligent about certain policies. You know, no outside food and drink being the big one. And so we had this customer come in and went through the ticket taker and the ticket taker said, you know, hey, no outside food and drink because they had an unopened bag of candy in one of the kids' pockets. This woman proceeded, from what I could hear, to just argue with her over the policy and I'm going why are you arguing with someone who is special needs one two it's a policy so I didn't get to hear the whole thing but by the what I did wind up hearing at the very end of it because that's kind of when I tuned in was that uh, the employee needed to go get a manager and not come over to the box office where I was at when she was right there. She's literally five feet away. Exactly. Like, this woman, it was blatant. It's not an exaggeration. No, it's not. It was blatantly obvious that she she made this employee come get me instead of coming over to me as just an attempt to get away with whatever they were trying to smuggle in. Look, we've covered this before. We've covered this before. I know snacks are expensive at the theaters. I get it. And I get smuggling in stuff, too. I've done it. Occasionally, still do when I don't go to my chain. Because, exactly. Everyone but, the thing is, is if you get caught, own up to it. And say, you know what, you're right, I'm, I'm sorry, didn't think about it, let me take us back out to the car. Now, if you smuggle it back in after that and we don't catch you, that's fine, whatever, I get it. But the bag was, from what I, because I went back and saw them as they were walking to their movie, and I saw the bag of candy sticking out of this kid's pocket. And it's like, look. Not even hiding it. Yeah, smug if you're going to smuggle it in, smuggle it in. Don't be Han Solo dropping your cargo wherever. Just put it, you know, if you got your mom's with you. Mom had a big enough purse. She probably had more contraband in the purse. Put it in there. Like, seriously. You know, which ties into this whole thing I have with customers bullying employees. Nothing pisses me off more than that. Yep. You know, like, uh, and especially somebody who is not, 
I'm trying to think of the right words. I'm going to say special needs, and I hate using that term too. But, you know, somebody who is not your everyday person. So, anyway, if you're listening to this, if you attend the theaters, go to the movies. If you're going to smuggle your shit in, smuggle it in discreetly. I've had don't a, be an asshole. And don't be an asshole, especially to the employees, especially when they're doing their job. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah, it just drives me up a wall. And like I said, it just really, like when I caught the tail end of it and I didn't get to catch the customer, mm-hmm. it was not a happy camper. Like, it just pissed me off. Um, so, yeah, like, that reminds me, back, way back when, when I first started down at the Springfield 8 uh, in Springfield, Missouri, I had a woman who came in, she was an old lady, came in carrying a bag of KFC <laughs> um, behind a coat. And I'm like, you know, this is, I'm 18 years old, so I'm like, I'm, you know what, one, they're not paying me enough, and two, like, uh, yeah, I, yeah, you know what, I, 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 you're old, you don't give a damn, bruh, I got you, go ahead. KFC like, would be excellent. Yeah, like, if you're going to go ahead and smuggle in food like that blatantly, Go go all out. Barely cover it up with a jacket, you know. Don't don't bring in stuff that we carry. Bring in something that you can't get there. That's that's my argument, you know. I prefer you didn't at all because we need that money from concession stands. And more often than not, like my grandparents still do that to this day. Like if they go to the movie, they will still smuggle in candy, but they'll still buy popcorn and drink because that's our highest markup anyway. So that's where we're gonna make the most yeah. money. So like I get it, <laughs> and that's fine. Um, yeah, but like I said, it's just it was the bullying of the staff that just really yeah. set me off. And I don't appreciate it. I get like and that's the thing. It's like we've been to a couple places this weekend since we've been out on this trip where they've been out of things and they're like, "Oh, I'm so sorry. We're out of this. Is is this substitute okay?" And it's like you can see them kind of wince waiting for your answer. Like, yeah. who hurt you? Yep. Like, when we were parking for the Hootie and the Blowfish concert last night, oh, yeah. the the parking attendant, she, you know, she says, it'll be $20, and they'll park you down there. And I said, okay, give her my money. And she goes, thank you for being so pleasant. I'm like, yeah. you're welcome? Poor dear. Like, what? Why? The, when we stopped for food after the concert. Yeah. The girl at Wendy's when they didn't have... My spicy chicken spicy sandwich. Chicken because sandwich. the last people in front of her... Like, I couldn't even see her face from where I was sitting in the car, but I could hear in her voice she was just preparing herself for you to just be throwing a fit that they yeah. didn't have it. Now, and I will admit, I'm one of those people that, if you tell me that, I'm going to mess with you a little bit. I'm like, really? You don't have it? <sighs> Fine, whatever will I do? You know, like, no, it's... Clearly what, joking. Clearly, yeah, and some people don't get that either. So I have to clarify, I'm just kidding. It's fine, just, you know. Um, yeah, it, it, like I said, there, there's a way to approach those things, and there's no reason to be shitty towards anybody in customer service. Agreed. And that's all it really boils down to. So that's that's really my rant this week. Did you have something you wanted to add? I'm so well, sorry, Ansel. just that, like, when I worked in retail, yeah. like, I wish that people would understand that, like, when people are kind or, like, I don't know, I would bend over backwards for someone yep. who was like, is there any way you could blah, 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 instead of pushing their way through, and then I will absolutely not give people what they want. If they're going to yeah. be a jerk to me, no. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Not you were nice. But if people are nice, About yeah. whatever's going on, you were much. I am happy to go out of my yes. way to give yeah. them, like, the best customer service experience, period. Like, yeah. Yeah. I wish people understood that. Yeah, no, I am... I am definitely all about that. Like you, it's it's the old adage of you'll get more 
uh, you'll catch more flies with honey than venom. I mean, you know, there's there's just no call for any other behavior. I do have one thing to throw in that's mm-hmm. kind of related. If you are going to complain to somebody about something, and it, I, I get that stuff happens. Yeah. They're going to complain at some point. Be very clear about your intentions, what you're wanting to get at. Are you, are you just like, hey, I just want to bring this to your attention? Are you expecting, yeah. are you wanting something in return for it? Because I had an instance where someone came out of a theater and she, she was talking about the seats didn't get wiped down. There was like butter or pop or something on the seat. And yeah. she said she had like uh, wipes with her and she wiped the seat down and she was one to let us know. And so I grabbed someone who was supposed to be on the floor to go with me, and by the time I got in there, another floor, remember, I guess, that she flagged down, had already gone in and, and cleaned whatever up. Yeah. And so she was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I I, I was like, the next time, just, just come grab one of us. We'll clean it for you. Like, you don't have to clean it. I was like, let me go grab you a couple readmits for, for the issue. So I go grab two readmits, and I go up to her seat, and the boyfriend starts chiming in. And he's like, I just want to let you I mean... It was kind of gross. I mean, I, she has OCD, so she always has wipes with her anyway, but we're not trying to get anyone in trouble, because I was like, I'll talk to our floor crew, because they're supposed to be wiping the seats down. And he just kept saying, well, we're not we're not trying to get anyone in trouble. This is a, he holds up the room, and so this is appreciated, but I'm like, then why are you throwing a fit at me? Yeah. Like, if you're not wanting to get somebody in trouble, and you're not looking for a freebie, why are you so complaining? Why are you <laughs> right. at me and complaining? What do you think my response is going to be? I will correct the problem. And I will give you something to make up for the issue. Yeah. So if you're not wanting those two things to happen... Why are we still talking? <laughs> yeah. And he was sitting there, and he wasn't being quiet about it either. He was being quite loud, and half the theater was staring at him like, what is wrong with you? Right. So just be like, hey, this happened. Just FYI. FYI. And walk away. Yeah. Or, hey, can you give me something for it? I'm going to yeah. be annoyed, but I'm going to do it anyway. Just sure. Just go away. Yeah. But yeah. Don't, don't play this game of... Oh, I'm not trying to be a pain, and I don't want to get someone in trouble. Like, tell me what your problem is and what I can do to fix yeah, it. And get, let's both move on with our lives. Right. Get mm-hmm. to the point. Let's let's just cut to the chase. You, Crystal, you're a nurse. You have a whole nother level of bullshit to deal with when it comes oh, yeah. to quote unquote customer service. Yeah. By the way, for anybody listening, the hospital. Yeah, it's not a hotel. <laughs> I'm not your maid, slave, barista, waitress. I'm happy to get you blankets, but again, don't be an asshole. Right. Like, yeah. I've I had a customer not too long ago. I tried to educate his family member mm-hmm. about you know diet and lifestyle because that's kind of you know a key, key part of healthcare. Um, get super shitty to the point where called him out and said, you don't need to be rude yeah. in that exact way, and ended up, had to call security because he got belligerent. What? So, anyway, long story short, he got flagged. It was a bigger deal than it needed to be. Don't be a jerk to people in customer service, healthcare, any of those ballpark areas where we're just trying to do our job. Well, how about this? Just don't be a jerk, period. You get... Like, I think this is the phrase you were trying to think of. You get faster with sugar and spice than you do with sour milk. Well, there's, there's a couple, Something but yes. Something at that point. Yep. Like, be nice. Yep. You will get so much further in life, especially with nurses, because nurses, we like 
We like people who are nice because it doesn't happen very often. You, probably you bring us candy like, or you say thank you, and we are your best buddies. When, when I was in the hospital after my seizure, granted, I have giant memory gaps because of medicine, but the nurses all loved me. They would stop in frequently to check on me. Yeah. Probably because I was heavily medicated, and so I just kind of sat there and watched TV all day. But, like, right. I was patient if I needed something. Like, I I was not allowed to walk to the bathroom, so I yeah. needed to call somebody when I had yeah. to do that. So I always pushed it early enough and didn't throw a fit when they were busy. And, like, I learned enough just between knowing you and other nurses that I know and the time mom spent in the hospital. And now, granted, I am probably the most impatient person <laughs> on the and my version of, you know, what takes a while and somebody else's may be different. But regardless, just, 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 just be kind yeah. to people. Yeah. And like watch your tone. Tone is everything, people. Be patient. Be nice. Right. Alright. Yeah, so just don't be a dick. That's all it boils down to. Yeah. Alright, so, rant over for this week. Just, <laughs> just be kind to each other. Don't cut me off on the road either. That's another pet peeve. But that's neither here nor there. Or a parking spot. Yeah, on the street. Uh, In Colorado. Uh, Thanks, Denver. <laughs> to be fair, that guy was from Utah. So, oh, uh, and there's the one F bomb for the week. All right. Good job. Good job. Get it in early. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Apologize to my grandmother. She's listening now. Sorry, booty. <laughs> All right. So, um, I had a whole list of things that kind of over the last couple weeks that's come up. Um, However, because I'm a, sl- you know, we are slaves to our, our where we're at, because we're, we're out camping, we're, well, camping. I'm using that term incredibly loosely. camping. Yes, we're in a cabin. Um, so we're on a shared Wi-Fi, I'm actually using a hotspot, so I'm, I'm trying to get some of the news stories that I had. Uh, so I'm just going to rattle off a couple things, and I actually have one here. Um. Boz Lerman is working on an Elvis biopic. So we've already, in the, in the past year, we've had Bohemian Rhapsody for Freddie Mercury and Queen, for uh, Elton John, we've had Rocket Man. Uh, of course, why not? Let's do Elvis, because we haven't talked about Elvis enough in the past, you know, 50 years. Um, casting came up. And so this is where it got kind of interesting, because the guys that they picked, at least the shortlist that Deadline gave us, uh, none of whom I would pick. One of whom I don't think I even know who he is. Uh, but here are the names that are that are in the mix here. Um, Ansel Elgort, who was in uh, Baby Driver and The Fault in Our Stars. Yeah. He's he's <laughs> right. He is about to be in Steven Spielberg's West Side Story remake. Um, yeah. So so he's obviously he's got some kind of singing chops. I know. I'm I, I see you, Tricia. We'll talk about it. Because uh, because number number two number two is where I'm yeah oh no that like two like and I got nothing against Ansel Elgort I think he's great yeah no. yeah well it, it gets he's better from there Miles Teller I yeah that's crunched up no yeah it's gonna get worse as I go through this list if you ask me so Miles Teller who was in uh, he's about to be in Top Gun uh, Maverick the Top Gun sequel who just played an asshole in. Literally everything. Almost every single thing he does. Yeah. I, I hate him. Yeah. Um, I hate his character. Almost, almost exclusively. Right. Uh, Especially the Divergent series. Yeah. Uh, Punch him in the face. Right. Every single one of those movies. Yeah. Actually, I haven't seen the movies. But. Okay. Austin Butler, uh, who is about to be in... Uh, yeah, exactly. He's about to be in Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, 
I haven't. I I don't an, even know. An unknown might be a good idea for this project. It might be because the next option I'm definitely telling you flat out no. Harry Styles. No. Yeah. yeah, of One Direction thing. Oh. Yeah, right? He was fine in Dunkirk, yeah. but that didn't require him to be the biggest rock star, or the rock and roll star of all time. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't... I like Boz Lerman's stuff, mm-hmm. or Baz, however you pronounce it. Yeah. I don't know. It's He's artsy-fartsy, but, um, you know, I I just... Yeah, none of these, none of these choices intrigue me. Um, I guess if I'm, if I'm going to choose, I'm going to go with Ansel Elgort. I, I, I just, that's the one I know. I don't like Miles Teller. I don't think he looks right for the part. I don't even know if he can sing. Um, and I, that's assuming that whoever's playing him is going to have to sing Elvis's songs. Yeah. So, um. Yeah, we don't know what direction he's. Right. Now, it could be one of those where they blend his voice with, an Elvis impersonator's voice with Elvis's voice, like they did with Rami Malek in, in Bohemian Rhapsody. Yes, that's what they did. So, um, or like a Audrey Hepburn just dub someone else over. Yeah, <laughs> no. Crystal, you missed it. So, since you were checking on potatoes, uh, sorry, we're cooking dinner while we're doing the show. So, how are the pota- potatoes looking for everybody at home? Sweet, that's the way we like them. Um, Boz Lerman's Elvis biopic. Okay. Up for Elvis, we've got Ansel Elgort from Baby Driver, Miles Teller from Fantastic Four, Suck Ass, uh, and I was also in Whiplash. He's not a bad actor, it's just he constantly plays assholes. Which makes me wonder. Although, uh, Jason Isaac was like the nicest dude ever, and that dude just plays nothing but villains. Awesome. I'm just saying. Um, Uh, What's his name? Snape. Oh my god. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, He's also, like, super nice guy. Alan Rickman. Thank you. Yeah, oh I got gosh. you. I got we, you. Uh, we, we had a theory we were discussing at Comic-Con a couple years ago. It was when we met Ron Perlman. Right. That when you were known for playing assholes, your personality is either, you either embrace it, and you just become the asshole everyone expects you to be, or you have go completely opposite, and you have to be, like, the nicest guy ever. <laughs> Ron Perlman was super fun being the asshole there that, that, that yeah. day, by the way. He's truly a very nice person. Yes. <laughs> He's just having fun. But yeah. he, he, he does yell him. at people like Trisha. Yes. <laughs> Story for another day. <laughs> was a funny Maybe yell. Maybe he needs to tell his uh, staff to not ignore customers as they walk up to the table. Ooh. Ooh. Right. Dude totally walked away from me. And that's why I was still sitting there. All right. We will tell that story another time. <laughs> Probably closer to a Comic-Con. Oh, anyway, so Ansel Elgort from Baby Driver. Miles Taylor. Uh... From Fantastic Four and Whiplash, uh, Austin Butler, who I don't know who he is, but he's about to be in Tarantino's new movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Who was that fourth one I told you all? Harry Styles. Oh no, Harry Styles was my last one. Um, oh yeah, yeah, that was, yeah, that was just those four. So yeah, uh, I think yeah, that's him over there on the far right. Yeah, me neither. So like I said, if I'm gonna choose, it's gonna be Elgort. It's going to be Baby Driver. So, um, alright. So we'll move on from that. Sounds like we're all out about that. Did you guys all watch the Jumanji trailer? Yes. No. You didn't watch the Jumanji trailer? No. Oh. Jumanji. Jumanji 3. Oh! Jumanji, the next level. I did not level. watch this trailer. We'll show you later. Yeah. It, we have yes. Who's uh, in the third one? It's, it's the same it's cast and crew. Okay, because as long as The Rock's in it, I'm in. He's in. But get this. Okay, so get this. You, wait, you didn't see the trailer, right? 
Okay, so in the trailer, so Danny DeVito and Danny Glover are both in it, <laughs> playing the grandparents of of two, two of the boys what? from the last movie. Love it. So the premise now is that the the main boy from the last movie takes the Jumanji machine, the game machine, and God, I sound like an old man. Takes the video game console and puts it back together and winds up getting sucked back into the game. Well. Everybody's looking for him, and so they go to the grandparents' retirement home where he's been working, and everybody gets sucked into the game now. So, when they all land, now the girl that that becomes Karen Gillan realizes, okay, I'm here, I'm in this body, where's everybody else? Well, Kevin Hart and The Rock are not the same characters, or same people that they were in the last movie. They're now doing their best Danny DeVito and Danny Glover impressions. Oh my god. Yes. I'm dying during this trailer. Oh, we've, I gotta show it to you. You and I are both hyped for it. Like, it looks great. Um, yeah. So, we have that to look forward to this December. Um, yeah, I wish we could talk more about it, because I, if I tell you anything that happens in it, it's just gonna ruin it for you when you see the trailer. So, I'll leave it at that. But you did, however, see the Knives Out trailer. Ryan Johnson's new film. So, I don't know about y'all. You saw it too, right? Did you watch it? Okay. Yeah. I'm excited. Oh, yeah. I am super excited to see Captain America go back to being a dickhead and James Bond to go southern fried, you know, Hercule Poirot. Yeah. So, because that was the vibe yeah. I got. Like, yeah. it felt like a very... I mean, like That's right. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see that. So... Oh, I love a good murder. I do too. I like... Uh, that was one of the things I loved about uh, The Hateful Eight. It felt very much like an Agatha Christie book, but with Tarantino's flavor. So putting it, you know, as a Western, so setting it in the 1860s, all that. This this is their, very much a modern-day take on one of those same same style stories. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. What are you most excited for out of this from what you've seen? Oh. I don't know. Just the vibe. The fact that it does feel very, like, Agatha Christie style. Like, that's... Okay. I feel like there aren't enough, like, original stories right. like that that happen anymore. Yes. They're few and far between. Right. Like, I showed this trailer to my mom immediately mm-hmm. after it aired, and she was like, ooh, and my mom is 70. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, that's, and that's, that's something we... style of story. Right? Yeah. And that's something we talked about uh, a couple weeks ago on the last show, was that, you know, if you want more original films, you need to go see original films. Yeah. yeah. Um, totally. Yeah. Trisha, what are you looking forward to? No. Of course you are. I'm shocked. Shocked. As he tells everybody to eat shit. Knives out. I I don't even know that I saw this trailer. I thought you did. I asked you. I can't remember. So it's the the murder mystery oh. with Daniel Craig and Chris Evans. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Okay. Also, I'm excited for Christopher. Daniel Potter. Craig. Mm, yeah. Michael Shannon personally. I do love Daniel Craig. So all about the Daniel Craig. All right. I'm looking forward to seeing what Michael Shannon does. Yeah. Um, after, like, I like him in just about everything I see him in, or I hate him, because that's what he's supposed to do, because mm-hmm. he's such a good villain, and I feel like that's probably going to be kind of a yeah. similar vibe here. Yeah. Although I'm really hoping for the twist that it's going to be Jamie Lee Curtis yeah. as the murderer. Like, that I just, love it. I would too. So, after watching her in the Halloween movies over yeah. the years. So, um, so, yeah, so that comes out this November. We're all excited for it. Um, like I said, go see original movies if you want more original movies. Yes. All right, and before we get to our break, Lion King reviews are in. Uh, the movie opens this coming weekend. Um, 
here's what I have so far. According to Rotten Tomatoes, it's now sitting at 60%. This morning it was at 59. Um, this is about right in that same range where Aladdin fell. Um, this time the complaints are visually stunning, however, to the point of almost being Uncanny Valley uh, with the animals. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, almost hewing too close to the original. Obviously, it's not going to stop anybody from seeing the movie. So, I don't know. Does this does this throw up any red flags for you guys as far as wanting to see the movie or what to expect out of it? I mean, I thought Aladdin held pretty close to the original with a few differences. Um, I don't know. I feel like Lion King is such a beloved story. Like, you kind of have to hold close to the original. You can't really change... And these remakes aren't made for critics. No. no. Like the critics, the, are, the critics have hated just about everyone yeah. of Disney's remakes, and fans have loved almost every mm -hmm. single one of the Disney remakes. Like, yeah. Disney's not making these to make critics happy. Right. Yeah. yeah. They're doing it to get all of us. Yeah. The people who are the die-hard Disney fans. Yeah. Yeah. And to get new generations of fans. Yeah. 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 Well, because there's a whole generation, like, my niece and nephew, five or six, I'm sure at some point they've probably seen Lion King, but Lion King, Little Mermaid, Cinderella, like, all of those Disney movies were such pivotal Disney moments in my childhood yeah. that, you know, it makes sense that this is how they're trying to get different generations in to like and appreciate Disney. Yeah. yeah. So, now, a lot, of, a lot of kids, it's Simple animation, not simple, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Like the hand-drawn animation doesn't. It doesn't them anymore. Yeah, they want so the CGI, yeah. the the Toy Story, mm -hmm. yeah, animation. Which I get, and I get that's what we grew up with. It's kind of like our generation. Well, I say our generation, members of our generation yeah. that don't like black and white film, yeah, because they find mm -hmm. it boring. Which I'm going, you're wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, so you have to remember, it's a product of its time, and it changes. That being said, I feel like by doing all these remakes, you know, we're we're losing, you know, kind of I don't know the the, the classicness of of that hand drawn animation. Why those movies are so beloved, you know, Alex was on their last you know our last show talking about how her son does not can't or couldn't sit down to watch the original Aladdin, but would be all hyped to go see the new one, and I'm just going that's really sad to me, like. But, at the same time, maybe going to see the new one and being like, hey, this is the original, yeah. can spark some interest, yeah. because, and I, I mean, there's movies that I've seen that are remakes, and I'm like, I'm going to go back and watch the original and just kind of compare yeah. and see how they are. Yeah. And I've done that, too. Like, and I'm not saying all remakes are bad, like, because they're not. Some are actually better than the originals. Yeah. I, I, I'm I, just kidding. <laughs> I enjoy, because, you know, we talked last show. Child's Play. I wound up liking that quite a bit, almost probably more than the original. Um, and that's because of a lot of childhood trauma with that stupid doll. But, you know, um, Ocean's Eleven's another great point. Like, I like the original with Frank Sinatra just fine and, and the Rat Pack, but that one with George Clooney is just fantastic. And it's just so, so well put together. All right, so we're, we're hitting a breaking point. 
We're going to stop for just a second. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk a couple other Disney things because it's been a big week for the for the House of Mouse. So uh, stick around. We'll be right back. All right. All right. So we're back. So Disney dropped the Mulan trailer on us this week during the Women's World Cup final. So right in the middle at halftime during a pretty hard-fought match between the Netherlands and the U.S. Um, go Megan Rapino. That's all I'm going to say right now on that. Um, they dropped this actually pretty cool-looking trailer. Uh, one that shows that they're not going the musical route. There is no Mushu. They're telling it as the historical story that it is and doing something different, which is all I ever ask for when you do a remake. Well, that and justify your existence, but I'll take yeah. what I can get. Well, so, that being said, all three of you guys really love Mulan to some varying degree, I think. I know you do, Crystal. Trisha. On the one hand, I'm happy they're doing something different with it. They're trying to be more lean towards the, the historical kind of actual story rather than their Disney-fied version. But on the other hand, I love the musical. More specifically, No, no Make a Man Out of You. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that song. I can honestly say I don't know it. Wow. Like I know I've heard it, <laughs> and I would recognize it if I heard it. But it, when it comes to the lyrics, and I let's get down to business to defeat the Huns. To be perfectly honest, I think I've only seen Mulan twice in my lifetime. And the other issue, yeah. there's no Mushu, and yeah. I loved Mushu. I think they've said that they're going to replace Mushu with. An actual, like, a, some sort of spirit yeah. guy that it's, like, I think it's supposed to be, like, a phoenix. Rabbit. I feel like Mushu was probably not. <laughs> I feel like it was probably what. It probably was, but still, like, <sighs> So, so you're torn. torn. Crystal? You sound torn. I'm torn. Mostly upset about Mushu. I'm <laughs> mostly upset that they're going to take away the best parts of that whole movie. Yes, but hopefully they'll replace them with better parts. Yeah. Ansel, where do you stand? <laughs> uh, okay, here's the long answer. So I'm the oddball here. I haven't watched many of the new remakes. Okay. Maybe any? Okay. They don't really appeal to me that much, to be honest. Sure. I like the old ones how they are. Okay. And I'm honestly a snob when it comes to singing. <laughs> like, I have really, if they're not the original voices, who in my mind are infallible and will always be in that role, yeah, sure. like, if it's not them, I don't really want to listen to it. <laughs> so honestly, the Mulan one does appeal to me because mm-hmm. it's not musical. That's what appealed to me so, about The Jungle Book. I think The Jungle Book is oh. the best of the Disney remakes so far. And it's because they don't do yeah. the stri- like they make notes, you know, like they do, like the music they, they do a little bit, but like not not, 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 not as much. much. It's more like really? subtle references I to something. a giant gorilla thing that had an entire song. It wasn't. It wasn't like quite like that. It was more like him kind of reciting it because it it's Christopher Walken. But like the bare necessities <laughs> is not like a big full musical <laughs> number like it was in the book. Oh, we do. What, yeah. <laughs> One more time? Uh, no. I want that a little louder. Ladies oh, I'm going to amplify it and post. Trisha's Christopher Walken's impression. <laughs> However brief. So, 
yeah, but that's that's what appealed to me about this is that they're it looks like they're changing it enough, and that's all I'm really asking for. Plus, the visuals of that look like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, that same kind of wushu style. Uh, if when you get the chance, check it out. It's it's interesting. Um, yeah, I'm actually weirdly enough, I'm actually looking forward to it. I watch. Having fun over there. I know you do. Yes. And he's voiced by Eddie Murphy. Okay, so let me throw this up to you guys. Who would you, barring getting Eddie Murphy back, who would you cast for for a new Mushu? I would think I would do um, oh the tall guy from Key and Peele. Keegan Michael Key. Yes. Okay. I think I would do him. That's not bad. That's not bad. I first thought it was Chris Rock. Yeah. I'd deal with it. I'd almost have rather heard him as Iago. Yeah. Yeah. Since yeah. since they yeah. since they cheated uh, Alan Tudyk of a fine performance in that movie. Agreed. So. <laughs> what about you? Oh, I have no idea. No idea. <laughs> no. Uh. I'm leaning more towards Donald Glover, but that's based solely on his work wow. on Community and not anything recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he, he does the manic thing very well on that show. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Well, we'll jump from another one Disney thing to another. So they finally, we talked about Melissa McCarthy potentially being Ursula. Mm-hmm. Still haven't got confirmation on that. However, we do have one Haley, Hallie Bailey. That's her name. Hallie Bailey has been cast as the new Ariel. So she'll actually be a person of color, being African-American. The internet is in an uproar. Get over yourself, people. Mermaids are not real, so you can't say that a mermaid has to be one race or not, because you can't base that on anything other than your own races. Right. And if people think that, like, our characters who have had many iterations haven't changed already over time, like, from their original stories, like fairy tales that you know, are related to many of these sorts. Like, they've all changed in appearance, too. I guarantee it. Yeah. To just, some extent. Just because the original story was written by a Scandinavian author does not mean Ariel is Scandinavian. It does not take place yeah, in, you know, the sea outside of Sweden. Yeah. 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 Takes place in the ocean. My, one of my favorite arguments right. was that she couldn't have red hair because of her skin color. That oh. is... Absolutely ridiculous, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, be literally whatever. It can, like, again, Marines are real, so it can be whatever they want it to be. They, can, they that, can change it to blue. I was going to say, you pointed out that shade of red is not yeah. realistic. Yeah. Like, I, I saw someone post something about, I'm just upset because I'm ginger and, and Arrow's one of the few ginger princesses we have. And I'm like, um, hello, hey. Ariel's color, Ariel's, Ariel's hair color is fire engine red. That's not ginger. And B, Merida. Yeah. And you can sit there and tell me yeah. Merida's the Pixar princess, but Merida is officially a Disney princess. Yes. And she's actually ginger. So don't don't come at me with that BS excuse. Yeah. Because again, her hair is not ginger. It's bright freaking Crayola red. They also have, you know, mermaids in that movie that have yeah. Yellow hair, and they have mermaids that have purple. I mean, shoot, she's got a giant green tail. Who cares? Yeah. Like, yeah. 
Anyway, that's silly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. Like, it, it actually opens up a, a whole thing about representation in film that I kind of wanted to get to. And this is kind of what I wanted to do on that episode I was trying to do during yeah. Pride Month. Couldn't work out. It's nobody's fault. It's yeah. okay. But you're here. So yeah. why don't we talk about it? Yeah. So, obviously, you want more representation in film. Like, uh, but what what exactly are you as a member of that community looking for? Just mm. I don't know. I mean, I feel like the representation that I like the most is generally on TV, okay, and film, but just like showing us as we are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know, and not tokenizing people. Like, right. Don't just throw us in there to check. Right. Okay. It's really obvious and it's always boring. Right. So, so basically, the uh, I felt this way about some. So, some characters it makes sense for them to for them to be outed as as gay or bisexual or whatever. And then there's others where they just it feels like it's being shoehorned in exactly for that. Yeah. And I mean, uh, uh, or just like to get (laughs) just get people. Gay people or queer people like to go see their thing, right? You know, like, look, we did this for you. Give us dollars. I'm like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was. Do you all... care though, because yeah. I only want you to do that if you care. Right. Well, that was one of the issues I had with Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. Just because they didn't really. It's a big part of who Freddie Mercury was. Yeah. And for them not to. To be fair, though, he never talked about when he was alive. True. And who knows? We may not have, had he been around for this movie. I feel like he probably would have been a lot more open about it anyway. By that point, oh yeah, society has yeah. changed. Yeah, but you know, for them not to have touched on it, I don't know. I guess a more realistic way is what I'm I'm looking for because it just it felt like they just tacked it in there just to tack it in there yeah. to an extent. Whereas Rocket Man just went for it, and it was. There from the get go, and him trying to come well, out. Well, Rockman, you have the benefit of the actual person being also alive true. and saying, "Hey, do whatever you want." Yeah. Whereas with Bohemian Rhapsody, there was the family who, from what I understand, wanted nothing to do with it, right. and the bandmates who yes. are just trying to preserve his memory and legacy as is. Right. So they're going to tiptoe around everything and try to everything's happy and everything's great and this yeah. is how. It, whereas with Rockman, Elton John is just like, "My life sucked. Do what you want." Yeah. Show everything. Sure. This is what I went through. Okay. Well, then, here's another question I have, then. And I'm asking this one because all three of you guys are huge Harry Potter fans. What? No, I know where this is going. J.K. Rowling came Um, out a couple years ago about Dumbledore. Dumbledore. Yeah. To To me, it feels like it's trying to be inclusive, but at the same time, it's almost like she's still trying to keep Harry Potter relevant, which doesn't need any help. It's still the biggest reading franchise and probably one of the biggest film franchises of all time. Yeah. But where do you, I mean, how do you feel about that? I mean, like, it's been a while since she said that. Sure. And that was like, I don't know what it was, like 2007 yeah. or something when yeah. she said well, I don't think all that. the books had come out yet. I feel it was, like it was just maybe. in the last couple of years. It was like right when the like, that's been a while. No, it's it? been a long time. Because when she did that, it was like, People were still like, oh my gosh, new stuff. And now when she says stuff, people are like, oh my gosh, leave it alone. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, when it when she said that he was gay, like then, it was kind of like a side question. It was like somebody, I think, in a, 
like a reading maybe or something mm-hmm. she did, right. asked her if like Dumbledore and McGonagall had been a thing, I think. And she was like, oh no, didn't you know? Dumbledore's dead. Like, and it was, was just like a very like, oh, by the way. And then people like applauded or something. <laughs> like, I, maybe I imagine. I remember somebody saying to me, yeah, if you read the books, it's obvious. And I'm like, okay, maybe my I, maybe I my view is just different, but I never picked up on it when I, I initially read it. I wouldn't book. say it's obvious, but looking back, there were hints. After, yeah, after her saying that, I'm like, okay, I can see it and it makes sense. Yeah. But I wouldn't say it's obvious yeah. when you write it. Maybe when that person was just like, when she said it, it was obvious. I don't know. But I remember somebody saying that, oh yeah, if you read the book, it's obvious. I'm like, no. No, it's not. It is. Yeah. I feel like that's implying that something about the way that he speaks or acts is inherently gay or not. Yeah. And I don't think that's true at all about anyone. So no. it's like, no. and as somebody who is like, very straight, tries really hard not to judge but fails like it's hard to pick up what people <laughs> are and like it's supposed to be because you should never stereotype but yeah yeah, I, yeah. but anyway when it, when I think that happened and when people found out or whatever I don't think it bothered me then because it felt I mean there wasn't so much extra nonsense going on yeah. there wasn't like all of just all of the like pottery and mm-hmm. all of the side stuff that there is now, all of the games and all yeah. of that. There wasn't that going on. And so it literally was just like a lot more low key. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was like she just thought of him that way. Yeah. And I didn't mind That's that. Kind of I don't mind that. that I don't too. really care if there are characters that have more details like that, which is not necessarily the biggest part of a person's character. Sure. You know, I don't care if there are details like that that are left out that are less obvious or something. But now I feel like it's just blown into a thing. Like mm-hmm. people are all like, he's too, he should have been written more, whatever. He should have been out or something like that. And it's like, when she wrote those, that was a little longer ago than that. Like, that's been a well, while. Well, even that's now, what, like, I feel like every year a character gets a backstory. Yeah, a while. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. when we got the, um, the two-part play that she did not yeah. write. The big, Cursed Big Trend. Oh, big what did she write? I don't think she wrote that. I think that she she didn't. She was consulted, but she didn't write. Yeah. Well, we found out more about the backgrounds of the characters in that. And then, you know, she's consulted in the Fantastic Beasts franchise. No, she she wrote the script for the last one. I think she co-wrote the script Uh, for the first one. Well, but what I'm saying is she puts more detail into the character now than she did when she was in the book. And I'm sure it's probably really hard to put detail about every single character in a book because there are so many characters but yeah. mm-hmm. I mean I feel like every every once in a while we get a new detail about somebody yeah so, I don't mind Dumbledore was maybe just one that people were like yeah. huh? I do think now like with the movies is there opportunity to do something about that though mm-hmm. I think the book is fine as is like mm-hmm. it was written at a point when it, people just didn't talk about it as much. Just mm-hmm. not that long ago, but people didn't talk about things yeah. as much, even 15, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, definitely mm-hmm. like 20, when the books were being written. So, like, I don't mind that. But the movies, however, they can. They can totally do something, and they have not so far. Yeah. That is a thing they can do. It's, I mean, like, 
who are playing them. Like, it would be spectacular. Uh-huh. Like, they should do that. They are yeah. missing an opportunity. Yeah. Showing the characters in that way. Mm-hmm. No, At the time when it probably was happening in the right. Okay, so so did you see Crimes of Grindelwald? No. No. Okay. Um, so in that one, they actually do touch on it. Do so it it's again. it's super subtle. See, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, they never really came out and said it. They basically hinted at the fact that they had a, some kind of relationship. Yeah. They, but they never said... It's obvious that they were very close. Yeah. 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 So, so, like, it's, so. They kind of make it where you can infer, but mm-hmm. it's not, they don't outright say... Yeah, I think and if you were somebody who didn't know anything about, you know, the history of Albus Dumbledore prior to that movie, then you probably would never. Well, that film changed a lot of things that we knew about a lot of those characters, anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Specifically, the Dumbledore family. I'm spoiling it if you haven't. Oh, I don't no. care. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, basically, you find out that uh, Ezra Miller's character is the long lost Dumbledore brother, who is now in league with. Grindelwald, which is weird because they killed him off at the end of the first movie. So I'm already kind of going, why at that? But then yeah. now we're adding in that there's another Dumbledore. Apparently McGonagall was there, and they actually did go back and change that on Pottermore because apparently she was not born yet at the time of those oh. events. So yeah, so it's changed things. Which was not that hard for her to get out of because as we pointed out, he only refers to her as McConaughey. He never calls her Minerva. Yeah. So we're like, it's, mm. it'd be so. E- it would have been so easy for her to be like, no, it's not Minerva. It's her mom. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And but, but instead, she goes and she takes Professor McConaughey's like, birthday down off of yeah. Pottermore and credits her as Minerva and just tries to pretend like, oh yeah, she was alive then. Yeah. Like, you can't backtrack now. Right. You so had an easy out. And yeah. You ignored it. Put a hard word. So, so we're yeah. So it's it's not just for with her. It's not just a matter of changing a character's sexuality, which to me is whatever. Yeah. Dumbledore, you never got into his personal life in those books anyway. Yeah. So what does it matter? Yeah, sure, he's gay. Fine, go on. But when you take that and then start changing everything we know about an entire franchise, essentially, it's kind of like doing the midichlorians in the prequel trilogy in Star Wars saga. Oh, wow. you know? I love that. <laughs> I feel like I feel like a hundred angry nerds that might have listened to the show are just shaking their fists at their at their iPhones right now. Uh, <laughs> fair enough. So okay, um, I was trying to think exactly how I wanted this conversation to go, and yeah. I really should have written some notes beforehand because we've kind of just fine. jumped all around. Yeah. Um, all right, so how about all-inclusive media? I mean, like I say all-inclusive, but media that includes the LGBT community. Any recommendations? Like, Well, yeah, it doesn't have to be a movie. It can be books. Like, we were talking about watching Love, Simon before we did this episode, oh, yeah. and we never did because it left HBO before we got a chance. So. I watched it. I yeah. didn't mind it. Yeah? I mean... I heard a lot like, of positives. It's just like cheesy rom-com. I yeah. Mean, fun. It just happens to be a gay cheesy rom-com. Sure. <laughs> like, coming of age. Yeah. You know? Right. A pretty, like, tried and true story. Yeah. Not anything new, but it's good. Yeah. Okay. All right. Anything we want to recommend, though? I mean, there's so much. Just, like, find some lists. I don't know. Okay. There's there's so many good... I feel most, like, most of my favorites are TV. Okay. In general. That's fine. like, I don't know, just, like, stories where... 
it's just like another character, mm-hmm. an aspect of another character's personality. Sure. Not like highlighted, just right. a part of the story. Like Orphan Black is like one of my favorite shows. Really? Watching. No, I've been meaning to. I just didn't realize. It's so, like, is the lead character? No, so like it's or... about clones. Okay. And one of them is gay. Oh, okay. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. So huh. she's just like one of the characters, but like there's one point in like season two, I think, uh-huh. where another clone sees her like with her girlfriend or whatever, and then like the girlfriend walks off, and she's like, "So you're gay?" Hmm? And she's like, "That's not the most interesting thing about me." <laughs> and it's just like, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like she's a scientist. She's like studying evolutionary biology, sure, or evolutionary development. Yeah. So it's like you know that's much more interesting about yeah. her. Is like she's trying to like save them all. Yeah. And like. So, like, stories where it's not, like, okay. treated like it's a thing. It just sure. is part of who well, the characters are, you know? Yeah. No, I, I think I saw a comic strip that crossed my butt, or my Facebook feed the other day mm-hmm. or basically said that, um, you know. there's new content, uh, like, now. Yeah. <laughs> like, tonight. <laughs> well, what is it? just interrupted you. <laughs> no, you're okay. They're just continuing the story, finally, on Serial Box. Okay. Um, and I think there what? was a tweet about it. So oh, I gotcha. Okay. Anyway, I anyway. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. But like, uh, anyway, this this little comic strip that came out, it was two people, and like, are you? You're gay. Hey, you're gay too. Hey, yeah, awesome. Yeah. And well, that's not. Uh, but that's not the most interesting thing about us, right? Or why we should be judged or whatever. And then I think the other one, they changed the the. You can change the uh, the dialogue on it every so often. It's usually uh, something like, I like the prequel trilogy, yeah, more than the originals or mm-hmm. something like. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm good. You know. <laughs> Can't be <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So, I guess that that leads me to another another question. So, I've I've heard a lot of complaints from from my friends that are not. I'm not going to call them not open minded, but I guess just a little more mm-hmm. sheltered. Is how I'm going to going to phrase it. Where their complaint is, um, they feel like it's just being th- or you know homosexuality or the LGBT community. Is just being thrown at them everywhere they turn around, like in everything they're watching, even if it's not a, a huge part of whatever it is that they're they're watching. Mm-hmm. Um, case in point, I, a friend of mine was telling me about uh, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina on Netflix. Mm, I have yet to watch. Okay, that. I guess one of the cousins on there, Crystal, you watch the show. Her cousin is is gay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. How would you describe what what they do with that? Is, is it does it feel like it's a very natural thing for them to be including, or does it feel shoehorned in? No, I actually it's a pretty. I wouldn't say it's like a pivotal plot point sure. in the movie, but they don't hide it. Like they don't try and okay. You know, it's it's very. Um, they actually do use it to drive some of the story, really, based on his relationships with other characters in the show. Okay, um, it doesn't feel like. Oh, he's gay, and there you have it. Like, right, you know. Okay. He actually can do something with it. Yeah, and I, I, it's been a minute since I've watched the plus episode, but he actually was in a relationship with somebody who then ended up betraying him, which then drove more of the plot line. Sure. And yeah. Okay. I mean, they, they, they. It, it was an actual person's life. It wasn't just you right. Know, well, here you go. Right. Well, what, what? So I guess my question is: Is when do you feel like it's just? So you you felt you think it was definitely part of what the show 
like the story is trying to tell. Again, it's been a minute since I watched the, you know, beginnings of the season, but I feel like they never, they never danced around it. Okay. It wasn't something that was like in question. It was like, oh yeah, okay, gay, like you know. Okay. So I guess my question is, is what do you consider to be just shoehorned in and what Mm -hmm. actually feels like accurate, like representation that, that, that is acceptable. Like, okay. So we're talking about like TV. Sure. Two examples that I like that are different, that I feel differently about. Mm -hmm. I like both of them, like orphan black, just a character. It's like, Maybe the only love story that you really care about on the show, okay. but it's also not a big portion of the show by sure. any means. It's just not kind of a subplot. All. It's a subplot for yeah. sure. So it's like not. It's just not a show that's about romance generally. Right. So that just happens to be one of the stories that's thrown in. But like, huh, like on CW shows, there's like all the gay. <laughs> like every show has like multiple gay. Characters. It's true. And like, don't get me wrong. Yeah. We love getting content, <laughs> but right. like. It also, I feel like they're just, they don't do subtlety <laughs> on the CW. They're like messages. Well, no, no, no. You know, like it's just so in your face. And oh, yeah, I feel like yeah. it's kind of obnoxious in that way. It's so just it's, like all the gay, bam. I'm trying to, I'm trying to decide how to word this so it doesn't sound <laughs> offensive. Does, does that kind of parallel with like the idea of like people who are dark skinned? Mm. Are they are they put in out of necessity to appease that? Oh audience? well, I mean that's a technique. <laughs> like that I like that's like what I producers do all the time. Is they're mm-hmm. just like I mean that's queer baiting. Like yeah. when they just throw in gay characters mm-hmm. with no content just to draw those viewers. Yeah. Like I'm sure they do that with people of color as well. Yeah, sure. I'm sure they do. Well, and they do for a long time. The well, same. I can't speak. Ex- Obviously, none of us can speak from right no, that, from just, our own experiences. Sure. But like, trying to, I can't imagine. They, I'm sure they do that. I yeah. know they do that. I don't know if that's what you meant. <laughs> I guess I don't really know what I meant. <laughs> I just, I, I was just like, I wonder if it's, you know, people get offended about not being represented in film or whatever franchise. Like, is it yeah. equal misrepresentation across the board? Oh, or do you feel like oh, it's? Um, it, I guess it depends on yeah. the franchise. Sure. Whatever's going on with it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay. I want to go back to what you said about CW shows. <laughs> um, as, as a fan of Arrow. Oh, no. Arrow, Arrow I feel I like, is like... I remembered about Batwoman. I'm thrilled. Oh, yeah. That, well, that, that character... Well, that's, that's the thing. Is that character... That character's actually written. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so... She's canonically Yeah, so... Um, but but like on Arrow, they have uh, Curtis who play or Mister Terrific, whatever you want to call him, who is gay, yeah. and like they they yeah. like as soon as you meet him, they're like yeah he's gay, and he's like yeah you know, and it's like okay okay cool. But it seems like every time we turn around, they have to drive home the point. Well, yeah, he definitely likes men because that dude over there is really cute. So exactly, and it's like, not like that, I just like subtlety. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like bam. Just so like, so that does so. So does that bother you when they do that, or it doesn't like, bother me? It's just cringy. I mean, yeah, <laughs> you know, like I okay. like every time Curtis is like my husband. Yeah, yeah. Like we know. Yeah, everyone knows. 
It's just like gotcha. when people, if they would do that in real life, it's awkward. So it's just like, it's just it's awkward. It's true. That's all it is. It's, it's true. It's just written, I think, for younger audiences. Right. Get, and they don't do subtlety as much. So. Fair enough. Okay. That was <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, um, I actually did have another representation question. Um, and somebody actually proposed this to me last week. No, no, this is actually this is actually one I think you'll find you'll find interesting. So give me just a minute, we'll be right back. Back. So <laughs> funny story. So we're in the mountains. Um, we had recorded this entire episode. Basically, when we do it, I, I think I've told you guys in the past that we have to do it in like 30 minute chunks because of the website that we use to record. Anyway, uh, so we tried doing that. And so when I recorded last week, that last 30 minute segment, um, it recorded, but then it did not save to the site. And so closed up the laptop a little prematurely. And so I was able to pull it up when I opened up the laptop and play some of that audio back, but then it would not finish uploading to Anchor, which then in turn meant that the website wound up reloading, which means I lost that audio. Unfortunately, this happens. It's it's a lesson learned. So um, basically in that last half hour, we covered... We kind of talked to Trisha and Ansel about their relationship because they've been friends for almost 20 years and, you know, how they've, um, you know, how their friendship dynamic has changed with, uh, with Ansel, you know, coming out and, and things like that. We didn't get too in depth with it, but, um, it was kind of funny in talking to Ansel, you know, the conversation was mostly, uh, me and them. And then when I finally looked at Trisha and asked, you know, I was like, you haven't said a whole lot during this. And Trisha actually said something pretty profound, which is, you know, I find it best that if I'm not the center of the subject, you just sit and listen um, or something to that effect. Basically saying that, you know, sometimes when it comes to subjects like these, it's best to just shut up and actually hear what the other side has to say. You don't have to necessarily understand it or agree with it or or whatever but everybody has their truth to 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 speak and so i think that's pretty important could just been the altitude sickness speaking i don't know so anyway there was another component to this conversation though that kind of took over um and it still deals with representation so crystal um you're still here with me Mm -hmm. so because now we're recording several days apart (laughs) uh so one of the things that I, I mentioned when I was talking to you guys about this and reading, and it was about plus size representation in film, specifically in regards to the potential casting of Melissa McCarthy as, as Ursula in the new Little Mermaid movie. Um, you know, so there's actually, so there's, there's subsects of, this, of, of the movie fan community that want... Some people want, you know, a Lady Gaga or somebody who can really belt the tunes. Others want a drag queen to, like a Harvey Firestein, to pay homage to to the the original uh, Ursula and, and the basis for that character. And then there's another set that I didn't think about that got brought up to me, and that was plus-size women. 
casting Melissa McCarthy isn't a bad idea if that's the way you're wanting to go with it. I can honestly think of several other actresses that I would choose over her. I can tell you Rebel Wilson's not one of them. Actually, all of my choices were older. Um, but Crystal, we're plus-size people. Mm-hmm. So just I'm going to call it what it is. We're bigger people. Yeah. Um, yeah. We are normal for what America is today. I mean, let's yeah. let's be honest. The, the diet and lifestyle that we have in the United States today is not exactly picture perfect when it comes to, you know, health. And sure. Oh. Yeah. So in, in that regard, when it comes to Ursula or really just any, any character that requires a, a bigger person, I mean, what, what were your thoughts on that? My actually, since we are doing this a few days later, did a little bit of research between then and now. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the things that I read and that made a good point is that plus size people in media are often used as like goofy sidekicks and clumsy, clumsy, you know, um, for that sort of humor where they're clumsy and they are oftentimes they're portrayed as being stupid and, you sure. know, one of the things that always you know, bothers me is that when you have a person in film who is plus size and that is a key part of their storyline, it's almost like they can't get to the goal that they're trying to reach sure. because of their weight um, and their size, which I always think is, you know, to some aspects, I guess I could speak true to real life, but, um, you know, plus size people still exercise and still do stuff and sure. get married and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, like one of my favorite movies is pitch perfect. It's got Rebel Wilson in it, who I think is an awesome actress, but in that movie, she is the goofy friend and she, you know, does, you know, she gets hung upside down at a performance and her butt starts showing and things like that. Like sure. things that, you know, typically are how plus size people are represented is right. they're not graceful. Yeah. They're not um you know as ladylike as say sure. petite person. Yeah. No, I grew up watching Chris Farley and yeah. like yes he did the the fat guy fall down yeah. shtick better than anybody else. Like but he also had genuine comedic talent in addition to his own demons that he's having to deal with, like a lot of right. comedians do. Well, and even uh, like Gabriel Iglesias, mm-hmm. who has lost a lot of weight, but sure. when he first started in comedy... And he's still a bigger guy. Right, he's still a bigger guy, but that was one of his shticks, was that he is fluffy. Yeah. Like, you know. Sure. Um, which, you know, if that's how you are comfortable, then so be it. Right. It's just, for somebody who is not in media and who struggles with, Sure. and image it's nice when you have the rare characters who are plus size who own it and mm-hmm. like it and you know yeah if melissa mccartney is going to play ursula and i really hope that they don't make her being plus size a big part of that performance because 
to me, that's not what The Little Mermaid should be about. Well, right. Well, when it comes to Melissa McCarthy, my my fear is more of her doing the same shtick that she's been doing for the yeah, better part the of a decade now. Kind of yeah, whereas raunchy with raunchy comedy, like right. Whereas with Ursula, I feel like that character should be should be sinister, but at the same time, you know, yeah, larger than life, yeah. but graceful. Because uh, I mean, obviously, you know, Ursula is yeah. a bigger. So Ursula, she's a sea witch. Ursula, so let's, you know, Ursula is the antagonist in The Little Mermaid, but. If you are a Little Mermaid fan and you've watched the second movie and you, you know, watched all the stuff that came after the original movie, like, Ursula has her own demons, which is why she acts the way that she acts. Yeah. Like, you know, there's there's more to her than just being an evil sea witch who likes mm-hmm. to turn people into her garden. Like, right. So I, I hope that in talking about whoever's going to portray her, that... They they do the original some sort of justice. Sure. Yeah. Right. And like I said, I feel like there's there's a hundred different ways we could probably go about with that character. Yeah. But we're talking just specifically if you're going to go with the plus size actors. Now, that being said, I told you Melissa McCarthy is not my first, probably not even gonna be my last choice mm-hmm. uh, for that character. Um, I've got four. Okay. Like just in looking at plus size actresses. Okay. Um We'll go right off the bat. Kathy Bates. Okay. Um, I think she's great. I think she plays crazy well. If you've ever seen Misery, mm-hmm. she's just a phenomenal actress. She's she's very good. Yes. <laughs> uh, next up is Margot Martindale from Justified and The Americans and Secretariat. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm basically one of my favorite actresses. She's she's great, um, and especially on Justified in season two, where she's the matriarch of the Bennett family. Yeah. And uh, I feel like yeah. she can have a lot of fun with it and bring that kind of southern fried wholesomeness that to it as well. That kind of like going to grandma's house feel. Yeah. Because I feel like in the Little Mermaid original, when Ariel went to the Sea Witch, it's because she was seeking help. Sure. And like initially in the movie, Ursula was very, I mean, she had her own agenda, but she was very nice. And, you know, I felt like she kind of had that just a hint of that motherly quality of trying to sure. trying to help her obviously with her own agenda in the background. But I right. do think that, um, yeah, that, I, I do find it interesting that that's that, that you feel that she has that when yeah. I watch it and maybe it's just cause I've seen it so many times. I don't get that vibe. I get the very well come in shot. Like, you know, just everything about this seems wrong. She seems nice, but there's nothing innocent and, about it. And I haven't it. watched The Little Mermaid in a while. It's still my favorite movie, but it has been a minute yeah. since I watched it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I was going to say, for, for in my head, from what I remember of it, like I said, it's very much she's, yeah, she's welcoming. She's inviting you in. But again, she's got a very sinister mm-hmm. agenda. She wants Ariel's voice. She wants to control the the seven seas and take King Triton off the throne. I mean, and I feel like Margaret Martindale could, like I said, bring that, bring a Southern twist to it. That could be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So moving on, um, my next two are both women of color. Okay. Queen Latifah. I was hoping you'd say her. Queen Latifah, I think would be great. And that's just based on her in Chicago. Yeah. No, actually she was one of the first people I thought of because she would be, 
awesome. Yeah. Plus, like, nobody, she can belt it. Like, she can belt it. No other. <laughs> my next, my last choice, though, is Octavia Spencer. Okay. Okay. Um, part of that is because I watched Ma here in the last month. Yeah, and which I movie, have not seen. So. The movie itself is not the greatest, um, but her performance in it is fantastic. And she does go back and forth. Like, she starts off with that kind of typical, you know, uh, African-American woman, just like, shouldn't do this, but all right, I'll help you guys out. And then, of course, you get into her ulterior motives. And, like, watching it, it's almost like watching what would be her version of Ursula. Yeah. Because... From the get-go, like when you first meet her in that movie, she has an ulterior motive, but she's playing friendly with these teenagers. Yeah. Um, and so, she's like... She's got the, the sass and the two... Exactly. Those, those shoes. Exactly. Not, not trying to rhyme here, but... <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So, um, yeah, so that's... I mean, that was... Those were my four choices. All so, right. yeah. And uh, if you're going to make me choose two down to one, I'm going to go Margo Martindale, Octavia Spencer. And then I might lean towards Octavia Spencer. I'd probably quit. Wow, I'd probably pick Queen Latifah. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, I feel like her role in Chicago, like she was so good in that, and so iconic. Yeah. That, you know, maybe maybe Melissa McCartney will be awesome McCarthy. and surprise everybody and. Yeah. Yeah. That. <laughs> you know? It's okay. I had the same mix up with Paul McCartney on our on our yesterday yeah. episode. So yeah. it's okay. I mean, I, I feel like Melissa McCarthy. Yeah. Um, has done a lot of movies, but I don't feel like she's really had that movie that is like the movie that really defined her as an actress. Yeah. And you know, I going back to her previous performances, she was in that Ghostbusters remake, which I hated. I thought that was a horrible movie. Mm -hmm. um, and she is good with the kind of slapstick comedy and she can be really funny. Sure. And, um, you know, maybe she'll bring kind of a new light to this character and she'll surprise everybody. Right. That would be great. I hope she does. Yeah. But, you know. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like I, said, I just my my fear with her is that we're gonna get more of the we're gonna get a PG version of what she's been for the past yeah. few years because yeah. like in every R rated comedy or or even in Ghostbusters, which was PG thirteen, it's just the same old slapstick. She's just generally obnoxious. Yeah. Um, you know, doing the yeah, same thing and over and over. She kind of does that man-hating humor that I just don't appreciate. I blame that more on Paul Feig than anybody. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I get really annoyed when you have women in television and they, you know, like, hating on men is how they yeah. make their humor. Because it's just like, you know, we yeah. don't want them to do that to women, so why are we doing that to right. women? Right. Like, no, no, it's... And I get it. I get it. You know, make fun of other genders. And, that, you know, I'm not... Yeah. Saying that you know you should never, but I uh, think I think there's there's a limit yeah. to how much of that I think you can put in one film, right? You know, well, that's uh, I think I mean you've known me for better part of ten over ten years. Mm -hmm. We've been married for five. Um, you know, you know me. I'll I'll sit there and I'll crack that that old sexist joke. Get back in the kitchen and make me a sandwich. Oh yeah. But at the same time, if somebody were to ask me. You know, well, you don't really think. Hell no, honestly, women are the smartest of the two sexes. I mean, look at look at the stupid shit men still do well into their thirties. Hi, right yeah. here. <laughs> you know, I'll 
let my friends blow a friggin' hole in the yard with an M80 on the 4th of July just because it's funny. Yeah. I mean... Well, and, like, in media, going back to the Ghostbusters, like, I, if you have to resort to fart and, you know... Hmm? Can I... I can cut it if it's not appropriate. Oh, well, when you have to go back to fart and dick jokes, I yeah. feel like that, that's... Obviously, you can't come up with anything funnier. I don't know. I still appreciate a good dick and fart joke. I, so. I mean, like, to a point. Yeah. But honestly, at that point in the movie, I was like, I'm done. Like, this movie already sucks. Like, it's yeah. time to resort to this now. I'm done. Sorry, guys. We were not planning on ranting about the new Ghostbusters movie. We, we, we did that three years ago, I promise. We're, we're over it. Or I'm over it. I'm not. I know. Every I don't time... consider that a movie. I consider that a mistake. Oh, it's okay. That's how I feel about a lot of films. Twilight. Anyway. And that's fine. I still like Batman and Robin. I will keep Batman and Robin. This movie's terrible, but... It is, but it reminds me of my youth. Uh, fair <laughs> enough. So, but yeah, so really, so yeah, so like, so plus size representation in, in film, that was, that was the conversation that got missed out on. I wish Trish and Ansel were here so that way they could, they could go back in depth because I kind of dug in with them, not too deep, but you know, basically on their, their past history. That way, um, you guys listening can kind of learn, you know, about their friendship and where they guess because I hate I hate talking about them while they're not here, but Trish has come so far as a as a person in the time I've known her. Because um, she's you, Tr- Crystal, you know her. She's she's not confrontational. No, at, not all. at all. And one of the things we talked about was her, you know, climbing some dude's ass over, you know, misgendering people, you know, with a with an employee that we had. Yeah. Um, it was a fellow manager, and there was no no reason for him to be that way about it. And so she did in front of, in front of people, not just behind, you know, one-on-one, but in front of people that she, she stood up for somebody she didn't even know. Yeah. Um, One of the comments she made, and I, I don't remember if it was in this take or the one before, but she made the comment that, you know, if you walk up to somebody's dog and you say, Oh, he's so cute. Oh, well it's a she people automatically go, Oh, she, I'm so sorry. But like, with humans, if you know, if I walked up to you and said, "Hey, I like to go by his, her, or they. them, their pronouns," yeah. you know, that is a point of contention for a lot of people because sure. they feel like if you're born a boy, you should be called a boy, and that's just not how the world works anymore. People right. identify in different ways now, so yeah. My takeaway from that, and one of the things that I've even had to educate my own coworkers on, sure. because you know I work in healthcare and we see it a lot. If someone is blatantly telling you this is what I like to be called, be respectful of that. Yeah, like well, it's like I go by Kyle. That's my yeah. middle name. It's not my first name. You can call me by the first name, and that's fine. You yeah. can call me Stephen. Yeah. And I'll I'll accept it, but I won't be happy about it. Well, and but if I've, you call me Steve, I'm going to punch you in the throat. Well, and I've known you long enough to know that anybody who calls you Steven, they're not a friend. Yeah. It's usually somebody that we're it, some it's, sort of business, it's a business transaction. transaction. Yep. Yeah. So, or if it's the only people that call me Steve are people I've known for a long time, and they just do it to get my goat. Yeah. So, but they they know me well yeah. enough that they can they can do it. Yeah. You know, and I just kind of look at them, roll my eyes, go yes dick bag what is it mm-hmm. you know so yeah I mean, it's, it's usually our Harrisonville friends followed up by sorry Beto like yeah yeah I was gonna say our, my Harrisonville friends don't really call me. it's it's strictly Beto down there yeah uh which we can get into that another day um 
Yeah, no, the the Steve thing that that tends to come more from people I work with at the theater. So, but again, have known me long enough. Yeah. Um, that they just do it once in a blue moon, just to just to do whatever, and I'm like, whatever. So um, you know, when we're talking about stereotypes, we talked about you know gender stereotypes along with plus size stereotypes. And the bottom line is, the world is changing. If you're going to be that person that refuses to accept that, then you probably need to just stay home and not go anywhere. Because, unfortunately, you can't walk up the street now without seeing stuff about, you know, you know, LGBTQ rights, plus size rights. Yeah. And I don't mean that just, that sounded negative. I meant, fortunately, you can. Right. It's a good thing that we're seeing all of this sure. information because people need to be aware of it. Um, and even if you're uncomfortable talking about it, you know, ask. I Anybody who is um, a member of either of those communities and I've talked to, most of them are very open about it. Yeah. Um, and if they're not, they'll tell you. Yeah. Like, well, that's, that's why, you know, when I was trying to plan out uh, the Pride Month episode that I wanted to do, uh, Ansel is my first go-to because I've known them longest. Yeah. And I know that they're, yeah, they're open enough. They'll talk about it, you know. Um, and I know that if I, if I, and I, I will always double check. If I feel like I'm straying too far outside of what I need to be asking, I feel like they'll call me out on it. Yeah. So, uh, which I don't think happened this week when we had the, the second half of that interview. Um, I think, um, with the exception of the person that Trisha chewed out, a lot of people don't intend to be facetious you yeah. know, when they are talking to people who prefer, you know, for example, to them, their pronouns, yeah. a lot of people like, even I did it on occasion. I called Ansel her once in a while and it's not even intentional. It's just, right. that's what I'm used to. And then I was like, they well and part of it too is that we've known ansel for a good long while now and that was before they started going by the non-binary pronouns and they're you know they're one of those people that um as long as you're doesn't bother them as long as you're not doing it to be a douche yeah yeah, if you if you accidentally do it, like I catch myself, I'll do it, and I'm like, I'm so sorry, I'm mean, they, you know, yeah. and they're like, you're fine, you're, yeah. you know, it's it's all about intent. Yeah, and uh, I will say when we were because you know we were driving back from Colorado, and I had to think about it more mm-hmm. because I did catch myself a couple times calling them her, and mm-hmm. I was like. Like, part of my brain was like, does it really matter? And I was like, no, it does. Like, it matters. matters. And then, you know, it's it's hard to switch out of those habits. Yeah. Like, and I think that's part of the problem. It's a habit. Right. That people aren't cognizant of unless you are around somebody. Yeah. Frequently. Who right. goes by they, them. Right. Or, you know, but whatever you know, the pronouns are that they use. In the, same, in the same idea to that regard, at the same time, because I talk about a lot of people. You know, mm-hmm. men and women, yeah. or non-binary, and more often than not, when I get to tell a story about them, it's they. Oh well, they did this. You know, them. And I feel like I'm the opposite. I, yeah. I tend to use their proper pronouns. Yeah. But you know. I yeah, I was gonna say I. More often than not, when I like I said, when I'm telling a story, I find myself going that route and not not thinking about it unless I need to specifically. Identify. Okay, I well, find myself was, using that guy, when I talk about so. people in healthcare because mm-hmm. you know the whole HIPAA laws. Yeah. Like you don't want to sure disclose 
information. Right. So typically it's they or them because, you know, you don't want to. Yeah. Unless it's pertinent to their health care. Yeah. But. So. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and call it a wrap on this episode because uh, I feel like we've we've talked about this eh, about as best we can. Like I said, since we're having to do this this part of the con- the the plus size conversation, you and I can have the the uh, and even even just advocating to you know speak to those you know that that are having to fight to be called what they want to be called. Yeah. Um. You know, we can even discuss that to an extent there's a certain point where i reach a point where i'm going i'm not having the rest of this conversation without a representative here yeah um because especially if we're putting this out there in the public because i don't think it's fair to that community and that's why i'm so glad ansel joined us i really wish we could have had the second half of that interview but unfortunately like i said tech issues you know dropped that half for us um so yeah so on behalf of us here at my drunk movie theater you know crystal thank you for joining us you're welcome um again trisha i wish she was here for me to say thank you and how proud i am of you but she heard it the other night so i know (laughs) so i won't have to see her tonight but uh anyway so she'll you'll hear this again trisha and i'll tell you about it later but um what what the hell (laughs) anyway um just just again how how proud i am of her for how far she's come and a a big thank you to walk in the door I know. If I can get her to lead the pack for a change. Trisha? Yeah. We're going to work on that. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> you know, we, can't, we can't be calling her out on the show and she's not here. That's just not fair. <laughs> you don't do that to my co-host. Uh, but a big thank you to Ansel Armstrong for not just going on the road trip with us this weekend, but for, for being a part of the show this week. Um, really cool of you to do that, too. Um, so, yeah. So, on behalf of us here at My Drunk Movie Theater, I'm Kyle Sutton. I will catch you guys next time. Have a good day.